Welcome to the Omega Disciple Makers course. Um, it's a course uh, put together for training uh, disciple makers, making disciple makers in a practical sense for the marketplace. Because uh, Jesus said we need to do that, and so this is part of what I do. And um, there are three levels, uh, one, two, and three. Level one is basic foundations, level two is the spiritual foundations, and level three is the practical basics. So today we're looking at uh, Real Christianity, level one, chapter three, which is the different topics that Paul says we all argue about, but we never come to agreement because everybody's ignorant and they don't really know the scriptures. So we look at what Jesus had to say and um, what the Bible has to say about these various topics. One of the things that Paul mentions is laying on of hands. Now, I'm sure many Christians have never laid hands on anybody. They don't feel the need to. They're not quite sure why or what will happen. So what we're doing is we're just expose, uh, not exposing it, we are expanding it so that we can understand it clearly. So the question might be, what is the purpose of laying hands on people or touching people? So we look at Jesus' ministry on earth because he's the, our role model, he's our teacher. And so when healings took place, when he laid hands on people, and also people came for him to lay hands on them for healing. And even though, even so, they, even those who touched him were all healed. The Bible says, as many people often try to touch him, just to touch him, and uh, they were healed. An example of that is in Mark chapter 5, verse 23, where Jairus, a priest, comes along and begs his daughter, begs Jesus to say, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Um, Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and she will live. She was 12 years old, obviously dying of some terrible disease. And of course, the father's distraught and, and he knows he's heard about Jesus and so he comes to him in faith and he says, please come and lay your hands on my daughter so she may be healed. While he's on the way, a woman with a bleeding issue in the crowd, she sees Jesus there and she says, you know, I'm, I, I, I've been struggling for 12 years with this bleeding issue and um, I, I know that if I can just touch Jesus, because the doctors can't heal me, they can't do anything, but if I can just touch him, if I can just touch his cloak maybe, um, I know I'll get healed. And so as a woman, she wasn't really allowed to come near a man, never mind touch him, but she pressed through the crowd. And um, um, all of a sudden she touched him and she felt healing and she was fine. And Jesus suddenly realized that something had happened and power had gone out of him. And that's important, power had gone out of him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Immediately, her bleeding had stopped and she felt in her body she was freed from her suffering. Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. So Jesus is actually confirming that at a loving act. He said he saw this woman and she, you know, she had great faith. And he said, your faith has healed you. She, she had enough faith and enough guts and umption to, to press through the crowd and probably many men and actually touch a man. And uh, on top of that, a, uh, you know, a, a rabbi, a teacher. So meanwhile, while this, this now, she's interrupted uh, the process of going to Jairus' daughter. So the people came to say, well, don't worry anymore. The daughter of the, of the priest is dead. So he said, don't worry, she's not dead, she's asleep. But of course, they all laughed at him. But he said no, um, and he took. He went in and he took with the parents, 
and he took uh, the, the little dead body, he took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitakum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Here we see that Jesus touched her dead body. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old as that. They were completely astonished. Now, there's a thing that you, I just like to add an aside here, that not only did he bring her spirit back, okay, but he also had to heal her of the condition from which she died. Because if she didn't, if she wasn't healed, she would just die from the same thing again. Let's say it was, I don't know, cancer or something. So in bringing her spirit back, he, he had to heal the body, all the parts that were possibly diseased and whatever. So he had to heal the flesh maybe and to heal the whole system and so that she could live a normal life. Um, bringing, so in a sense, he brought the spirit back. I had a very interesting scenario many years ago. I had a lovely little dog, Humbug, who's my faithful companion. I had her for about 16 years and she used to sleep with me, go on a bicycle ride, go windsurfing. Wherever I went, she went. She was my little companion. And one day she was so sickly and eventually uh, I went and I put her down at the vet. And uh, he put her down on the table, her eyes rolled up and he injected her and that was it, she was gone. Put her back into my jersey where she used to sit with a little, a little mouth, a little head sticking out of here. And I came to home and I was quite hot so hot sore, you know, and I, I put it down on the table and I kind of got, I dug a hole for her and everything and then and I came back to her and I saw the lying little dead body and I, and I looked at her with sorrow and I thought, you know, Humbug, if only you could come back, I miss you, just, can you come back just for one day? And I laid my hands on her little head, you know, and I was kind of grieving and all of a sudden her eyes opened and I thought, oh well, maybe this is just rigor mortis. So, but I thought, wait, let me just test. So I walked around, but the eyes were following me, so it wasn't rigor mortis. In fact, in point of fact, her little spirit had come back, just like this girl. Her spirit had come back, and she was now looking at me. But she looked at me and almost just to say, well, what are you doing? You know, why don't you leave me in peace? So I said, no, no. So I took her up and I wrapped her in my arms and I gave her a big hug and I took her all over. And that night, I have a picture of her sleeping with me, in fact, on my website, on the Mega DMC uh, website, and in my books that I've written. I've written books on my various experiences uh, where I explain this in more detail. And I even have a little uh, ode there, a poem that I've written at that time, which was so meaningful for me. And so, uh, but after 24 hours, which is what exactly what I asked for, I asked for 24 hours, and gradually she kind of just faded away, and then she said, I'm out of here, you know. And um, this has also happened, again, this is, you know, Jesus said we can do the same things that he did. And this, I, I can just tell you this clearly, that I had a friend here um, who had stayed over, and uh, she, her spirit had died. She was actually in rigor mortis when I, when I discovered her body. She was in rigor mortis for two hours, ice cold, and uh, uh, her, her arms and legs had a grotesque shape, and her eyes rolled back and wide open, and... and you know, and I was panicking, and that's another story, but uh, I laid hands on her eventually, and uh, her spirit came back. So there's a thing about, we have the ability to bring people's spirit back through laying on of hands, and this is something that uh, is important. To remember I just said in the previous module, uh, previous topic, that uh, Jesus said in John 14, 12 to 14, anyone who believes in me can do what I do, and Jesus brought the dead back to life, and quite frankly, this is what the the early Christians did this as a normal way of life. Um, Paul did it when the little boy fell out of the window. 
Um, Peter did this to Dorcas who died. Um, she had died, Dorcas, he brought her back to life. And so um, all the early Christians, this was not normal, but it was possible and a lot of people were brought back from the dead. So here are other issues where in Luke 13, 13, a woman has got infirmity and he laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I have, uh, I have prayed for a man with arthritis who couldn't walk and various other things and uh, breast cancers and all that and I've actually seen them instantly healed, uh, AIDS and HIV, uh, to the glory of God. So laying out of hands as we continue, the disciples were given this power as well. Jesus told his disciples that those who believed in Mark 16, 16 will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I can't tell you the countless number of times I've seen people that have been sick, ill, dying, um, and they come back to life almost immediately. Uh, five minutes, ten minutes. Um, so the gift of prophecy is also given. So healing now now we're looking at other aspects of what the point of, of laying of hands is and the gift of prophecy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6 Paul says to him reminds Timothy uh, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands so Timothy had a gift of prophecy which was imparted to him by Paul through the laying on of Paul's hands on Timothy another thing that is done through the laying on of hands is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is given through the laying on of hands. We looked at that in the, the baptism, uh, one of the earlier topics, and this is where it comes from. It comes from the laying on of hands. <coughs> so in Acts 8.17, Peter and John laid hands on new believers in Samaria after Philip was there, and they received the Holy Spirit. So they imparted the power, the, the power that they had. Um, and here's another one, Simon the sorcerer sees that the laying on of hands, um, you know, people receive the Holy Spirit, he offered the money. But of course, Peter and John turned and said, you know, go away with your money, you know, you've got no part of this, and, uh, you know, unless you repent. And so he did repent. And Ananias, we've seen in the last uh, topic as well, uh, went in his way and he laid hands on, on Brother Saul. And he said, uh, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me so you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there were two things that happened to Saul when Ananias laid hands on him. The first thing is that Saul was blind. He'd been blinded for three days by Jesus who had appeared on the road. And the second thing was that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the more important thing. Uh, not only was his spiritual sight uh, restored, um, uh, his normal sight, but of course his spiritual sight uh, was restored. Um, and I can just explain another interesting thing to you that um, um, many years ago I was building a house in, in, in uh, West Beach in the Tableview area and I uh, needed a bricklayer and um, I um, had actually prayed I said Lord I need somebody to help me with this laying of bricks and within a few minutes or two somebody came a, a man came past uh, and, and obviously drunk you know like a hobo and um, he asked me for a job. <coughs> and I said, no, go away, you, you know, you, you're drunk. He said, yeah, but I, I prayed for a job this morning. So I looked at this man and I said, you prayed for a job this morning? <laughs> what do you mean? So he said, no, I prayed. And then he, I said, so okay. So then he said, won't you pray for me also? So I said, okay, I'll pray for you. You know, so I prayed 
I do pray that I normally do, which is in the books. I explain how I pray for people for healing, and, and all the, all these details are on my website, uh, Omega DMC, Omega Disciple Makers Course. So it's Omega DMC. And in there, I've got different sections on teachings on how to do healing and, and deliverance and so on. And uh, yeah, and all the faith basics. There are lots of lovely stories. And I've actually got a video of him, where he asked this, this man, where what happened was, so I prayed for him. And I just said, when I finished, I said, Lord, just make him blind to, the, you know, to alcohol and to the things of this world. Just, just make him blind to these things when he opens his eyes. Well... A little bit later, I'd finished praying, and I left him. He stood there in a bit of a trance, which often happens when I pray for people. Um, and um, when he came out, he started moving his hand left and right, and I thought, what's wrong with this guy? And he said to me, sir, there's something wrong. I said, what's it? He said, I can't see. So I looked at this guy in horror, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what have I done? He's, he's, he can't see. In other words, he was blind, but his eyes were <laughs> wide open. His eyes were wide open. And um, I looked at this guy, and I thought, what am I going to do? And I said, Lord, what do I do now? And he said to me, you know what to do, lay hands in his eyes and command his eyes to be opened. So, and that's, and his eyes were open, so it's not his eyes were closed, his eyelids were open, but he still couldn't see. And uh, that was the same thing that happened to Paul, and in fact in Acts 13, Paul had did the same thing to a guy who was interfering with him, a chap who, in funny enough, his name was Bar-Jesus, he was a magician, and Saul was trying to talk to the governor. And so Paul turned around and said, you son of perdition, how long will you interfere with God? You know, you are now going to be blind for a time. And this man was instantly blinded, and he had to be led away by the hands. And of course, when the governor saw that, the governor believed, because he saw the miracle working of, of Paul just by the command. So in the same way, I had spoken blindness over to this guy, and he was blind. And I thought, oh my goodness, okay, so what do I do now? So the Holy Spirit said, well, lay your hands in his eyes, which is what I did. So I put my hands over his eyes like this, and I and I remember his nose was sticking out, and I and I... I said, okay, now I'm going to count to three. The Holy Spirit told me I must count to three. And on the count of three, I'm going to take my hands off and you're going to see. Is that okay? He said, yes, sir. So here I am praying and hopefully praying like crazy and hoping that my that this, this is going to happen because I, I was so shocked at what was taking place, uh, seeing this man blind. So I put my hand over his eyes and his nose and I counted one, two, three, in Jesus' name, see. And I, and I took my hand off, and straight away he could see. And it was marvelous. And um, I have his testimony on the website. So his testimony is there, and he's, he, he actually, it's an Afrikaans, though. It's, um, it's an Afrikaans man. So he could see exactly what was going on. And in fact, it happened twice. It was a wonderful story. So then the next thing that is done is uh, miracles are performed through the, through the hands of the apostles. So in Acts 5.12, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done. And they were all done with one accord. So a sign and a wonder is also something else. Okay, there, there, there were many signs and wonders. Um, prayed for a young man I picked up on the street and uh, brought him here, bit him some coffee, he was obviously drunk. And I gave him a Bible and I was going to take him down to the ark, which we just started. And as I was taking him, the Holy Spirit said, put him under a cross. I've got a big cross up there. And lay hands on him, which I did. And this man went into trance for three hours. You know, when I, when, I, when I first saw him standing there, he was standing like a statue. And I said to him, and I said to myself, I don't wonder why he's doing this. Maybe he's trying to impress me. Maybe he thinks if I act religiously, this man will give me some money. And I thought, okay, well, I, all these thoughts were going through my mind. But... Eventually, I looked at this man and the Holy Spirit said, go and get your cameras and your videos and take it because this is going to be 
a sign and a wonder. Test me and of a sign and a wonder. And after an hour, my battery went flat in my videos, and I had to go and recharge them two hours. And, and eventually, three hours after later, he gradually came to, to life again. And I tried to ask him what happened, and he said, well, in his broken English, of course, he was causer more than English, he'd seen, he'd had visions of heaven, and he was totally changed. And this man, when he eventually, he did have, in the end up staying with me, and I mentored him and discipled him. And he went to his hometown somewhere in King Williamstown <coughs> and led 14 people to Christ. And that was a good, and that was in 2000, so that's 20 years ago. Today is uh, 2020, August um, the 24th. And um, he told me that he'd been back again and some of the people that he'd prayed for led to the Lord. One of them was uh, running a huge tent campaign, going around and, and preaching all over the place, uh, one signs and wonders. So I thought that was quite cool, quite a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that was unusual miracles. And uh, so in Acts 19, you see uh, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, where he laid his hands on handkerchiefs and aprons and people were healed. And I've had the privilege of also seeing that a waitress in a restaurant in Food Lovers in Fishhook came to me and saw my book on the table and asked if I could pray for her. And I said, okay, I'll do that when I finish my breakfast. And so then I said to her, what is your trouble? And she said, it's not me, it's my husband. And um, he's very, very sick, he's vomiting all the time. So I had a card, I've got a peace card I give to people. If they want peace, they can say prayer. There's a prayer inside there, our Father prayer. And I laid my hands on the card and I just go, ask God as if to make, give, uh, bless the card. And I said, take this card, give it to your husband, tell him to read the prayer inside, and when he's finished, you'll be healed. Now, you know, when you say things like that, you're kind of saying, whoa, you know, me and my big mouth, <laughs> you know, is anything going to happen? But anyway, lo and behold, about uh, three or four weeks later, no, two weeks later, because we have a, every second week we have a meeting there, and I said to her, well, now, how are things going now? She said, wonderful. She said, you can't believe it. After reading the card, within five minutes, she was totally healed. And so she gave me the name of Miracle Maker, and I said to her, you know what? I said, no, no, God is the miracle maker. I'm just, a, we, we just are servants and channels of God's love. And this is all for the praise and glory of God. So in conclusion, laying out of hands causes an impartation of power. It's a vis visible result of a manifestation of presence of God's spirit and power at work. This transference of energy uh, is from those who are filled with God's spirit. Okay, it's like a battery. So when you jump starting a car, you put the connections on. And you just touch them on and the car starts and you can take them off. So when we lay hands on people, this energy, healing energy flows. You don't have to keep your hands on forever. It's just like a touching. You just touch uh, for a few seconds and the, that was quite, that's quite sufficient. I've seen so many wonderful miracles of just touching. It was just amazing. And then, of course, the verbal commands often complete the physical manifestation. So when Jesus spoke to paralytic let down through the roof, he said three things. Stand up, pick your mat up and go home. Uh, topics such as healing and gifts are dealt with in level three in more detail. Okay, and I will show you how the Lord used me to do miracles. Uh, and just one last thing about stand up, pick up your mat and go home, three things. Uh, I had a woman in um, Pick and Pay in Box, uh, Norwood, and uh, she had a, a, a neck brace on. And I'd asked her, how is it going? And the Lord said she can be healed. And she was like that for six months. The doctors couldn't help her. And I said, do you know, I think, do you believe in God? And would you like to be healed? She said, yes, okay, we'll pray tomorrow fast. We'll both fast and pray. It's quite serious. Nobody can help. And um, so eventually I led her to the back of the, my, uh, in lunchtime, and I prayed for her in my, my van, service van. 
and I could feel healing energy and I, and I said to her, did you feel that? She said, yes, what was that? I said, that was your healing. And so then I didn't know what to say and then I just asked the Holy Spirit, now what? So he said, well, ask her what she couldn't do before. So I said, well, what couldn't you do before? And um, so she said, I couldn't touch my toes. So I said, okay, we'll touch your toes once. And then I said, Holy Spirit, now tell her to do it three times. So twice, and then third time, she got up and she said, oh, I'm fine, no pain. And then the Monday, that was on the Friday, and the Monday she came back with the neck braces off. So why I say about three things, and these are things that I teach in my, in my books and that, is stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. In my case, I said, touch your toes once. So it's the first time she touches her toes, she'll say, oh, I can do it. I wonder if I'm okay. The second time she touches her toes again, yeah, it looks like I'm healed. And the third time is to actually... Prove that you are healed. Now you know. The third time proves beyond the fact that you are healed. And so I'll close with that story, wonderful story, and lots of lovely stories on my website, omegadmc.coza. You're welcome to have a look. And uh, it's for training people and uh, for teaching and, and a testimony of God's goodness. And uh, so just thank you for watching and also for listening. This is Arthur Dilly signing off, and God bless.